0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: This is the Four FCS Fanatics Radio Show with your hosts Adam Willie, Preston Adams, Dakota Collins, and Jeff Wigton, and now here's the show. Welcome in FCS fans. This is your host, Adam Willey, and I will be doing running this thing solo tonight. We got Jeff and Preston and Dakota all doing stuff. So I will be recapping last week's play playoff action and then move into some of this week, and we'll even got a special guest coming on this week. So let's move on to the first game in our recap. We got... Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks went to Orono, Maine to play the Maine Black Bears. And everyone thought going into this game that Jacksonville State would come in and beat them. Well, it was quite the opposite. After the first quarter of play, Maine went in, was up 14 and then was up I don't know, what was it? Forty eight, fourteen, so they're up twenty four I think, thirty four. Something like that. Maine just blew them away. Maine won fifty five to twenty seven. It was throughout by halftime, forty eight to fourteen. After the third quarter, it was forty nine to twenty seven. So Maine just blew away the blew away the Gamecocks in Maine, and some important stats I looked through while look at this game. In the loss, Cooper, Jacksonville State's quarterback, Zach Cooper, he had he was nineteen of forty four on attempts, had three hundred and sixty five passing yards with two touchdowns and one interception, and. Maine's quarterback, Chris Ferguson, was 14 26, had 159 passing yards, five touchdowns to the Bears. To the running backs, Cooper was Jacksonville State's leading runner at 31 yards, and for Maine, the leading rusher at 186 yards and 26 carries, and that was Raymond Jefferson, the redshirt shirt freshman, or the sophomore. And he's. He's a sophomore uh, academically, but he's eligible as a freshman, so I think he's considered a redshirt freshman, I'd say. So the, and that was the two touchdowns. And you look through the receiving stats, we got Damari Hester and Trey Barry, both with 100 and plus receiving yards for the Gamecocks. And that was the four receptions for Hester, six receptions for Barry, two and then two touchdowns for Hester, and then for the Black Bears, we had Ernest Edwards leading the pack with 49 yards and three receptions. Now there's two touchdowns as well. And we move on to the defense. Defense is what everyone loves. So we got defensively here for the game. We have the defense with let's see Haynes defense Had one sack for seven yards. Jacksonville State's defense had four sacks for 18 yards. Defensive battle, stat-wise, was on the line of scrimmage. It was probably Jacksonville State, just based off the line of scrimmage, just because of how many more sacks they had. But offensively, Maine just dominated. Now, Gotta move on to more important games. Sorry, fans, but we got better we got more games to look at. We gotta recap some games this week. Now we're gonna move on to the game everybody was thought was gonna be a great game. James Madison, the Dukes. They moved, they went into Hamilton, New York to play Colgate, the Red Raiders. James Madison on offense, Ben Danucci. Dinu- ben oh, I didn't mispronounce his name. He is 19 of 33 with 192 passing yards and 5 interceptions. Then we had on the court side, we had Grant Brenneman, 190 passing yards, 14 of 23, 1 touchdown, no interceptions. Now on the ru- running back. Once again, the quarterback of the losing team, he led the team in rushing with 10, 10 carries for 76 yards and one touchdown. And then on the other side, we had for Colgate, Jake Holland, Jr. He had 25 carries, 89 yards, no touchdowns, the average 3.6 a carry. The only rushing touchdown scored, by the Red Raiders, was by their quarterback. So both touchdowns. The quarterback was involved. He threw the ball once, ran it in once. He can do it all, folks. And he didn't even have to, and he didn't throw a pick. So all is good for the Red Raiders last week. And we move on to receiving. He had Jake Brown, wide receiver for for the books, 15 and a half after the catch, or 15 and a half yards per catch. Sadly, he had no touchdowns, but still, 15 and a half per catch in 14 receptions, that's pretty darn good. Then we had, on the Red Raiders' side, we had Rocket. Owen Rocket. When you think of that name, you gotta think he's a more than likely a running back, but You can see why he's a wide receiver. He had five receptions, 104 yards, one touchdown. He averaged 20.8 yards per catch. Now that explains a little bit of why he is a rocket. Interceptions on the Colgate side. There was five of them. We had Tyler Castillo with two picks, 25 yards total. We had TJ Hall. One pick, 29 yards. We had Abu Durami Sawari with one pick and three yards. And we had Ben Hunt, the fourth. And a fourth with one pick, sadly, and no yards. But defensively, all is good on that Colgate defense. Let's keep this moving, folks. Now, another great game. We have the game of the triple option. Old school versus newer. the Wofford, they went into Kennesaw, Georgia, to play the Kennesaw State Owls. We have look at the look at some stats here. We got on Wofford the quarterback. Joe Newman, eight completions for 13 yards, 153, eight, eight completions out of 13 attempts, 153 yards, one touchdown, one interception. All right. It's not bad. Then we had, on the Kennesaw State side, we had Chandler Burke. the Walter Payton finalist. He had completions for four. At a 14 attempt for 79 yards, one interception. All right. It's not bad. Not good, but it's not bad either. Let me move on to the running backs. We had Nathan Walker from Woffers. 11 carries for 56 yards, averaging five yards per attempt. All right. So that's pretty good. Then we had on the Kennesaw State side, their one touchdown they had, Holland. Or now Holland with six carries of 74 yards, averaging 12.3 yards per carry. So that's a first down average per carry for Holland, and he had their one touchdown of the game. Now, gotta move on to receiving. Receiving's a big part of football. You've got my Van Cleave of Wofford. Five receptions. 93 yards. Yards per carry. He had one touchdown. Now here's a stat we're going to keep on the Wofford side. The next guy, he had one reception for 43 yards. All right. Pretty good. That makes it an average of 43 per carry, obviously, because he had that one yard. Now, got to keep it moving. We had, on the Kennesaw State side, Reed. T.J. Reed, he had two carries for 27 yards, averaging 13.5 per yard, or per catch. All right, Not not bad. There was one interception for each team. For Ward we had JoJo Tillery. He had one interception for three yards. And then we had Mason for Kennesaw State. Sincere Mason. One interception for no yards, but still, still pretty good. I would take that if I was a Kennesaw State fan. The one pick. As you can see, Kennesaw State won this game 13 10. Forgot to mention about the last game, but Colgate beat James Madison 5 3 on a game winning field goal. Game-winning walk-off field goal to end the game. Kennesaw State went home, or Colgate went home happy. Well, so did Kennesaw State. Now, we're going to the blizzard in Brookings, South Dakota. We had Quisney, Quisney. I can't think of their name, but they went in to Brookings. The Rabbit. Jackrabbits, the Dukes of the Quesney. that's what it is. Jackrabbits beat the Quesney 51 to 6. Oof, that's rough. But it's that's football as well. We gotta keep it moving. Next, we've got Parr for Quesney. Daniel Parr. He, had, he were, finished the game with 14 completions, 24 attempts for 160 yards and two interceptions. Sadly, he had two interceptions, but that's still a great performance by the quarterback. I would take that if I was a Duke fan there. Now we've got... Keep it going. we got... Karen Christian for the Jackrabbits. 12 completions. 144 yards. One touchdown. In that blizzard, one touchdown? I'd say that's pretty darn good. I would take that one touchdown if I was a Jackrabbit fan. I got to move into the rushing. Running back for the Dukes. Daquan Worley. He had 12 carries, 60 yards. Five yards per attempt. Oof. Bad performance. Not a great performance. But I'd take it. That In those conditions, I'd take that performance. Prefer a touchdown in there somewhere, but I'll take that. Now, you've got... For the Jackrabbits, we have Daniel, Mikey Daniel, big man for the rabbits. He finished the game with 10 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Daniel averaged for 10 yards per carry. That means every carry he had on average The first down That's what you want to see from your running back Now And moving to the important stuff The receivers We got Kellen Taylor For the Dukes Five receptions 97 carries 19.4 yards Per Catch Sadly No touchdowns but 19.4 yards Per catch on five receptions, that's pretty darn good. And we got to move to the Jackrabbits. Kate Johnson, eight receptions, 99 yards, average of 12.4 yards per attempt. And he had one touchdown. So, on the offensive side, all is good there on South Dakota State's side. Now we've got to move on to defensive stats. We had the Jack Ravis, as we said before, they had two picks. Zai Mosley had one pick for 43 yards. And Lorenzo Williams had another pick for 22 yards. Mosley's one pick that he had was a 43-yard interception. Picked six in the third quarter there. That was a good game by the Jackrabbits. Good performance, solid performance, especially considering the weather conditions. It was a nasty blizzard out there. And they did it sadly in front of 3,000 people, but weather conditions weren't all that great. Now, I'm moving to Ogden, Utah. We You got the Cats, the Wildcats, the Weber State. They hosted the Red Hawks of Southeast Missouri. He had, on the offensive side, a quarterback for Southeast Missouri, Daniel Santa Caterina, the junior. 12 completions for 30 attempts, 110 yards, no touchdowns. Now, he had four picks. Then, on Weber State, we had... Jake Constantine, it's eight picks or eight completions for 30 attempts, 199 yards, 18 completions, sorry, and four touchdowns for the Wildcats. No picks, so solid performance there, but passing by the Wildcats. Then we got rushing wise, we got for the Redhawks Zion Custis. Five carries for 62 yards. He averaged for 12.4 yards per carry, and he had one touchdown. And for the Wildcats, he had Sean Garrett, 17 carries, 134 yards, 7.9 yards per attempt, no touchdowns. Great performance there by Garrett. Now go to the receiving. For the Redhawks, we had Christian Wilkerson. He had two receptions, 31 yards, 15.5 yards per reception. Then, we move on to the Wildcats side. We've got Rashid Shaheed. He went on. He had see what he is the receiver. Six receptions. Sixty two yards. Ten point three yards per catch. One touchdown. Woo! Great performance by Weber State. Now he's first. A lot of defense this week We had Four picks By Weber State Two of them were by this guy The safety Jordan Preter. He had two picks for 69 yards the one of those picks Was of course a pick six Near the end of the fourth quarter And we move on to Landon Stice Had one pick for seven yards. And we had Keelan Benjamin. He had one pick for no yards, of course. Then, we had one fumble. Fumble, fumble, fumble. Hi, Weber State. Looks like, yes. It's a 12-41 mark in the fourth. Christina DeMarcus Rogers had a 33 yard fumble return for the touchdown. Weaver State won that 48 to 23. Another beatdown this week, folks. That's three beatdowns we've gone through this week. A lot of offense this week, a lot of defense. It was a great week for football. Now, we head into Shady Washington. Eagles of Eastern Washington took off. They hosted the Colonels, or the Colonels, however you say it, of Eagles. Quarterback for Eagles, Chase Forte. He had 17 completions for 30 yards, 146 yards, and one pick. Then we have the big man, Eric. Hey, hey, hey. Barrier! I'm going to say that. Barrier. don't know if it's right, but I'm going to go with it. 17 completions for 29 attempts. 162 passing yards. One touchdown, one pick. Then we got to move on to the big man. Rushing for the Colonels, Don Terrell Taylor. He had 20 carries. 112 yards, 5.6 per average on one touchdown. Not bad, not bad in that loss. Let me move on. The Eagles, Sam McPherson. He had 20 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns, and the average 6.9 yards per catch or per rush. That's pretty darn solid. Pretty darn solid rushing game by both teams. And we got the receiving. The receiving yards. Those are always good to look at. Taylor for Nichols. John Trill Taylor. Same guy that was the leading rusher. He was the leading receiver as well. He had five receptions. 39 yards. And... He had... An average of 7.8 yards per reception. Pretty solid performance there by the receiver from Nichols slash running back. Then, got to move on to the big man. Boston. Andrew Boston out of Eastern Washington for the Eagles. Five receptions. 89 yards. 17.8 yards per catch, and he had one touchdown. One touchdown, big man, for the Eagles. Now have got to move on to the picks. He He had one pick six this game, and that was from the big man, Kettner Cup. He had one interception for 95 yards. And he is, I've been told, related to the former Eagle, now with the Rams, Cooper Cup. Now, for Nichols, we have Christian Mims, the defensive back from Nichols. He had one pick for 13 yards. Woo! Not more offense this game, it seems, than defense. Eastern Washington pulled away, 42 to 21. Now. Two games left. We're going to do Northern Iowa. They went down to Davis, California and played UC Davis. The Aggies versus the Panthers. Eli Dunn for you and I. Great stats this game 22 completions, 40 attempts, 273 passing yards. Sadly, he had no touchdowns and two interceptions. But man, that was a solid performance by Dunn. And we got Mayer. Mayer from the Aggies. Twenty-eight completions, forty-two attempts, three hundred and ten passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Both great QB performances by the both teams, minus the interceptions. Great performances by both teams. Then the rushing. Yeah, Allen, Trevor Allen for the Panthers, 16 or 12 carries, 62 yards, average of 5.2 yards per rush, and one touchdown. Then for Davis, we have Cameron Thomas, 13 carries, 87 yards, 6.7 average, no touchdowns. Allen, I forgot to mention, also had one touchdown in that game. Yeah, their one rushing touchdown. That was their one touchdown of the game. Then, the receiving. For you and I, we had Terrell Carey. Terrell Carey. Two receptions, 56 yards, 28 yards per catch. We had Keelan Dawes, the big man from UC Davis. Nine receptions. 137 pass- receiving yards. Average of 15.2 yards per catch. No touchdowns. Then we got the big man. We had some picks. We had like no pick sixes this game, but we had Furch. Duncan Furch from U.I. He's a senior. On a reception. Six, like 63 yards. Then we had Evans. Sophomore, Austin Evans, one interception for 20 yards. Got to move on to UC Davis. We had Vincent White, the defensive back, the senior defensive back, for one interception and 21 yards. And here's a disappointing one, guys. We had Aaron Duncan, one pick for negative nine yards. UC Davis pulls that one out 23-16. to now we got one game left. We got North Dakota State, the Bison, hosted the Montana State Cats, the Bobcats. from Montana State in Fargo. Great performances by both teams. We had for Montana State passing. We had Troy Anderson, seven of eighteen, 124 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Then. We had Easton Stick. Not such a great performance, but not so bad either. He had 12 attempts, 7 completions, 86 yards, 1 pick. Then we had Troy Anderson. He was the leading rusher for Montana State. Not surprised there either. He had 24 carries, 129 rushing yards as a quarterback, 5.4 yards per attempt. He had their one touchdown. Late, I believe it was late, no, early in the third quarter. Then we got three men, three men by the Bison, 100 yards each at minimum. We have Lance Dunn with 11 carries, 127 rushing yards, 11.5 yards per rush, and four touchdowns. We have Bruce Anderson with 13 carries, 118 rushing yards. 9.1 9.1 yards per rush, and one touchdown. Then we got the Fargo native, Ty Brooks, is the Shocker. Six, rece- six carries, 103 rushes, 17.2 yards per rush, and one touchdown. Receiving, we had Cases, UC Davis, Kenneth, Kevin Cases, for four receptions, 93 yards yards per reception, no touchdowns. we got Christian Watson, freshman receiver for the Bison. One reception, 28 yards, and that was his only reception. Each receiver for the Bison had one reception each. Now the picks, we had for Montana State, we had Josh Hill. He's a junior, one pick for no yards. And for the Bison, we have Marquise Bridges. Junior quarterback won an interception for 14 yards. The Bison pulled that one out 52 to 10. Now, we're getting a great game. It's going to be fun. We're going to get our guest in here. So, give me one second while I call our guest. We're going to get him on the phone and we're going to give him a call.
0: hello hello hello
1: hey mike how you doing good how are you good i'm running solo tonight so you'll have to be dealing with just me (laughs) okay so, just a few questions for you before we start. Tell a little bit about yourself, your background.
0: I'm sorry, you're cutting out, Adam. I'm sorry. What?
1: Oh, I said, tell us a little bit about your background with covering football and such.
0: Oh, uh, I've been a sports writer uh, for about uh, 30 years or so, covered NDSU since 1997. Obviously, mixed in some radio with that as well, but, uh, kind of been following NDSU football and the FCS for since NDSU got into it. They went division one in 2003. So mm-hmm. been, uh, been at it a while.
1: All right. So we just actually, I just recapped the Bison game last weekend. What were your thoughts on that game?
0: Um, as expected, I guess I didn't think Montana state was going to, um, give them much of a battle and I, I thought they'd be a little bit more uh, uh competitive than they were but NDSU that's I think that's the best game they've played all year and uh, Montana State just couldn't they just had no chance to stop them stop the running game it was just it was just a, it was it was as one side of a game as has played all year it was
1: now yeah. based off that game what did you think of Montana State's Troy Anderson's performance
0: the uh oh he was team. good yeah yeah. i mean he he was he was good uh big kid strong runner really uh i think their only offensive weapon that was at all effective um but i i don't <laughs> think he'd be playing quarterback next year i think he's, he's gonna be a linebacker for for montana state so it was kind of a maybe his last hurrah as a quarterback but he was he was their best offensive player just that he didn't have anybody around him to help him
1: yeah and then Correct me if I, am wrong. you probably know this more than I do. Wasn't he a linebacker originally and they just moved him to quarterback this year?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. He started the year as a linebacker, and then uh, their starting quarterback got hurt. So I think he was their best option at, at quarterback. And he actually ended up being the offensive player of the year in the Big Sky, so yeah, uh, unanimously. So.
1: Great performance this year by Anderson. So a yeah. little more tough question for you. Favorite place in the Valley to go visit? When you're covering the oh, game. Oh boy.
0: Ah, uh, I gotta think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually like I actually like Springfield, Missouri. I think that's Ooh. probably I it's kind of uh, that's a little bit bigger town. Um, they got that some is. stuff going on there. It's uh that's not bad. It's a beautiful beautiful campus. Nice nice facilities. Oh, yeah. So I don't I don't mind Springfield.
1: Now, probably normal about, after that is. A great place. Go ahead. What? Illinois. I was I was going to ask that? another question, but finish what you're saying.
0: I was just going to say, and Normal's probably after that. I think uh, it probably goes Springfield and, and then Normal uh, as the top two, and then kind of goes other places from there.
1: Uh, so we covered your favorite place in the valley to visit. Now, overall in the FCS, or even college football in general. Where is your favorite place that you've visited to cover a game or such?
0: Um, yeah, I, you know, I was I, – I had the opportunity to cover um, NDSU when they played at FBS schools like Iowa and Kansas State, mm-hmm. Iowa State, Minnesota, uh, places like that. And I would say out of those, uh, I, I really liked Iowa. I thought Iowa City was really cool, great college town, uh, great atmosphere before the game fans were really into it of course, uh, because Iowa's generally pretty good. Uh so I think as far as the FBS Iowa State is fun too. Ames is a good college town too. Uh great atmosphere. And Manhattan was fun as well. I mean Manhattan was was good for Kansas State. Um but I, I think Iowa's probably my favorite place to go in terms of the big big time stadiums. FCS would have to say Montana. Um uh I've been to Washington Grizzly Stadium a couple of times and it's just a great great atmosphere uh i think it seats about twenty-five thousand people there's mountains and everything it's kind of cool and usually a full house the two times i've been there it's been a full house and so montana hasn't been very good the last whatever the heck it's been 10 15 years or so but they yeah um the atmosphere is second to none it i think for fcs football it's about as good as it gets
1: now you went down to harrisonburg this year right to cover a game there for a weekend
0: I did yeah yep I spent a few days in Harrisonburg absolutely yep
1: what did you think of the atmosphere down there
0: oh it was um it was okay it's a beautiful stadium it's a great campus um, they obviously have a lot of money in the athletic program at James Madison but I I thought the fans were kind of they weren't that into it I didn't think uh, the tailgating was not that great uh, I think they have a ways to go there but it, they have a lot of people at the games, but I don't. They I didn't know they were into the game that much. I didn't think they were into the game, and I thought actually they most of them had left by halftime. And what was a pretty good game? It ended up that, that Elon ended up winning the game that I was at, but uh, it sure seemed like people bailed out of it. It was a nice day. It was seventy-five yeah. degrees and sunny, and the the fans didn't stick around, so I didn't I didn't quite understand that. But the facilities are great, and they obviously have a great following. Um, so it's uh. It was pretty good.
1: Now, I you've covered you said since 1997, right? You've covered Bison football. NDSU,
0: sports. yep, mhm, yep. Yep.
1: Now, out of all, let's see, I think it was yeah, six championships games. Which one was your favorite that you got to cover down in Frisco?
0: Oh, I, in terms of entertainment, I don't I don't care who wins or loses the games. I'm and I'm just there to cover the games, but I yeah. I think the I think the Illinois State game was probably the most entertaining because it was mm-hmm. so close. And NSU, you know, Illinois State scored when Roberson went on the long run. And then Carson Wentz led NDSU back and, uh, to a last-minute victory. And then Illinois State looked like it was going to drive down the field again, and Roberson threw an interception. So that was, I think those were the two best teams in the most competitive game Obviously, last year uh, with James Madison and NDSU going at it mm-hmm. was very entertaining. Went down to the last second as well, but I just I thought that the just the pace of the game and the drama of the game of the Illinois State game was was the best there was. Uh, pretty much the other four were all blowouts. I, I guess the first one that NDSU won first one
1: wasn't wasn't a blowout.
0: Time. It was seventeen to six. I think they beat Sam Houston yeah. State, but that wasn't. It was kind of a that was kind of a defensive battle. There wasn't much going on. Uh, it was entertaining, but. But certainly the Jacksonville State game, the Towson game, um, mm-hmm. the uh, second Sam Houston game were such blowouts that there just was, there wasn't much drama.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on those. I remember the first, the only two games I've gotten to go down there were for was Jacksonville State, and then I got to go down for the Illinois State game. That Illinois State game that was just so entertaining.
0: No, it was it was two really good teams. If you if you look at the number of NFL players that oh, came yeah. out of those off those teams, I mean. O'Shaughnessy, um, you know, obviously Wentz, uh, Joe Hagg for NDSU, Nick DeLuca, uh, Chris Board. There was just a whole bunch of kids off both oh, yeah. teams that ended up going to the NFL. And so I think it was the highest level of play and the, the two best teams um, down there as well in terms of NFL players.
1: Now, you've done your McFeely show for how many years that you've done on WDAY?
0: Well, I, I was uh I did it uh, for a, a while back in the day, uh about 10 years ago, uh, then I moved to KFGO radio in Fargo for about 6 or 7 years. And I came back to Forum Communications, which owns WDAY about 3 years ago. Yeah. And I did it up until about uh, a month or so ago. I stopped doing radio about a month ago. And okay. uh, I've been focusing on just writing uh for the forum and inform.com and I've been doing a podcast that I've been trying to do about one a day just on various mm-hmm. topics, whether it's politics or, or food or uh, sports. I've I've done a couple of podcasts on uh, the idea that Chris Kleiman might be a candidate for the Kansas State job opening after Bill Snyder retired. So uh, I've been keeping busy, even though I, I'm no longer <laughs> – I haven't been doing radio for pro- – I guess it's been yeah. three weeks now I haven't been doing radio. All right.
1: Now, based off of those shows you've done while you were traveling, what was probably your – favorite guest that you've had on on your shows
0: oh boy um probably uh trey dempsey's mom last year down in frisco Uh, i did it by phone but trey dempsey was a safety for north dakota state yeah and uh, kind of the team leader vocal guy and actually got his mom on the phone to chat with me down there and she was just fantastic and you can you can just see where trey dempsey's kind of his passion and his, his excitement for the game of football came from because she was, you know, she was talking about what a precocious kid he was and, and she was pretty straightforward with what uh, she wanted to talk about. So that was, that was probably my most fun. Otherwise, you know, most of the places I go to, I generally just talk with, you know, the athletic director or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the coach, uh, guys like that, you know, but I, I, I don't get, you know, too, too huge a guest when I'm doing my road shows.
1: Yeah. So, a couple more questions. Um, This week, by the posting, Red Raiders or Colgate. What are your thoughts on the Red Raiders?
0: Uh, I think they're a solid team. I think they're. uh, I've watched their game against uh, James Madison a couple of times on ESPN3 uh, in the replay section, and I I think they're they're a solid FCS team. Uh, They're well coached. I think they're fundamentally sound. I don't think they're going to make a lot of mistakes. But I just don't know if they have the firepower to keep up with NDSU. Uh, I think that the Bison are just a notch above every other team in the in the division this year. That doesn't mean that they're going to win every game. They might lose next week to South Dakota State. They might lose the national championship game if they get there when you get down to these final four teams. But I just think that I don't think Kogate matches up very well. And uh, I think that NDSU is going to be able to, to, to beat them pretty handily, I think, on on Saturday, I just don't see how I don't see how, how Colgate gets to twenty points against NDSU. Their their quarterback is, is solid, but he's not very dynamic. They have one running back they use. Their offensive line is okay. Uh, their right and left tackle had some trouble against James Madison uh, on some outside rushing, outside rushes. And so I, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty handy NDSU victory on Saturday.
1: Now you cover you said a little bit about their offense. What do
0: you think of Colgate's defense? Uh, same thing. I mean, just very solid. Uh, they're probably a little bit better defensively, I think, than they are offensively. They have a couple of really good uh, players. Um, God, there's a defensive lineman. And I can't think of his name right now. But there's another linebacker named Hall, H-O-L-L. And they're real good players. I mean, they're, they're solid. Don't get me wrong. They, they could play,
1: yeah.
0: you know, anywhere in FCS. But I just don't think there's enough of them. And I don't think that when it comes to NDSU's offensive line, I just don't see Colgate's defensive line holding up for four quarters against NDSU's defensive line. Uh, NDSU is so uh, dynamic offensively and has so many different options, whether it's throwing the ball deep, whether it's throwing the ball medium, whether it's throwing the tight ends, whether it's running, whether it's running the quarterback, Easton Stick. They just have so many different options that, unless you're a really dynamic defense and you're able to stop the run. I just don't know how, how Colgate's going to be able to do that for four quarters.
1: All uh, right. So with every other guest we've had on this show, we've gone through some games for the week and had our guests pick some of the games. So okay. I figured we'd do the same with you. We'll start off with tomorrow night out in Ogden, Utah, Maine versus Weber. Who do you see in that one?
0: You know, I was surprised uh, when Weber beat Jacksonville State as easily as it did. I was not a big believer in the Black Bears because they had the probably the easiest Colonial Athletic Association conference schedule they could have, but they beat Jacksonville State handily, which is that's no that's no big deal. Jacksonville State yeah. can do flame out every year. Uh but that being said, I I really like Weber's team. Uh Jay Hill has them playing defense. Again, I don't know if they're they're exactly dynamic offensively, but they're a veteran team. They have a lot of seniors, and they just they just play good, solid defense. And so, uh, with the road trip that Maine has to make, going way out to Ogden, and with the with the veteran team that that Weber State has, and with the defense it has, uh, I'll take Weber State uh, in that one by you know ten, fourteen points, something like that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Weber they have a they want to win this week after that. Devastating loss last year
0: to JMU. Yeah, yep. They got that little chip on their shoulder.
1: Yeah. All right, so I know you covered the Colgate-NDSU game. I figured you, you said you had NDSU there. So Yep. let's go down to Kennesaw, Georgia. Who do you got? Who do you think in that SCSU kennesaw game?
0: Okay, uh, South Dakota State, big in that one. Uh, I've seen Kennesaw play a couple of times this year as well. Have not been very impressed by them. I know they get a lot of national love, and everybody likes to tell the story about how they just have been in FCS football or had a football program for just a couple of years now, and and that's great. But I just don't think that they match up in any way, shape, or form with South Dakota State. I think South Dakota State, even in the rain, it's supposed to rain the whole game, uh, I think mm-hmm. South Dakota State's going to – they might put up 50 on them, in my opinion. I, the rain might slow them down a little bit, but I'm picking South Dakota State big you know, forty-five to twenty, or something like that. I just, I just don't yeah. see Kennesaw State sticking with South Dakota State.
1: Yeah, I think if SDSU can put up fifty in a blizzard, they should be able to put up a lot in the rain.
0: Yeah, I mean Duquesne is not as good as Kennesaw State, but I, I just don't think no. Kennesaw is is. Uh, they play in a weak conference. Um, they had trouble with Jacksonville State. They what was it like five overtimes or something in the last game overtime, of the season. Yeah. Yep, and they they struggled against Wofford last week, and Wofford, uh, you saw what NDSU did to them last year. <clears throat> Excuse me, in the quarterfinals, and I know it's a different year, and I know that you know all these other things are in place, but I just I just don't see Kennesaw State challenging South Dakota State.
1: All right, last game we got is at three o'clock Central Time. UC Davis has to go up once again. I think it's they were up there last time, and that is to Shaney Washington. Who do you see in this? second game of the season for those two match that matchup
0: sure Um uh, yeah I, I i'll take eastern washington again and i'll take them big again you know they just totally blew out cal davis last time and shut down cal davis's vaunted offense and vaunted passing game and that was in decent weather i think that was in what late october early november yeah, maybe
1: late october, yeah
0: that that, that happened and I just think that Eastern Washington is, is a, a pretty solid team out of the big sky this year. They're playing a little bit of defense, better than they have in years. I don't think their offense is as, as explosive as it has been, but their quarterback, Eric Berrier, is is a really good runner. Uh, Eastern Washington has a lot of talented guys. I know that the, the trendy pick is to say that Eastern Washington is going to win, but maybe only by a touchdown or something this time. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. take Eastern Washington again. Big. I don't know if it's going to be as big as last time, but I'll say I'll say three touchdowns. I just I'm not a big believer in Cal Davis. I they have a good team. They've had a great year, but I just think that when you you take that that offense uh, having to throw the ball around and Cheney Washington is it's going to be winter there. It's going, it's going to be in the 30s. It's going to be an afternoon game, so it's going to be be getting cold. Uh, I don't know what the wind is going to be doing, but I think it's going to be brutal conditions outside for Cal Davis, and I'll take Eastern Washington easily in that game.
1: All right, so I'm in a face. All all of us four hosts are in a Facebook group called FCS Fans Nation. The, que- the question that's been out there for the last few weeks. I'm gonna ask it to you: Colgate or Crest? What do you use?
0: <laughs> I, I actually use Crest. I'm a Crest guy. So, um, how about you? Colgate no, or I'm crest?
1: crest? I'm a Crest guy as well.
0: Okay, now you do, you do realize that Colgate is named after the guy who uh, started Colgate toothpaste, right? That he was actually I did look back at in the eighteen hundreds. A
1: few weeks ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's actually he gave a big donation for to the college back in the eighteen eighties, and they named the college after him. So it actually is named after William Colgate, which is I did not know that until about a week ago. All
1: right, thanks, Mike, for your time on the show tonight. Sorry, it was just me, but got a lot of talk with you and hopefully i'll see you in fargo next year if not normal
0: you bet all right adam thank you very much for having me on uh, i yep, appreciate thanks it
1: for having, thanks for coming on yep bye-bye all right bye all right that was mike mcfeely reporter for wday in fargo all right and the rest of our time we're gonna probably get about maybe 20 30 minutes left in this show we're going to preview some of the games. We talked some about them. I'm just going to continue to preview them. We've got Maine versus Bieber State. The Maine Black Bears have to go all the way down to Ogden, Utah to play this game tomorrow night, PN2 at 8 Eastern time. It's the eight seed. No. The seven seed versus the two seed, I believe it is. Let's see. Black Bears, they are I believe their favorite they're, they could be a close game, but Weber's favorite game. It is on ESPN two in Ogden, Utah. It's the seventh seed versus the two seed. Tomorrow night it can be shown on ESPN two or watch ESPN if you don't have ESPN two. So a little preview here. Maine had four touchdowns, as we said before, uh, they're in the first half from Chris Ferguson to win that to lead that forty-two to fourteen t- lead at the break, and they end up winning that fifty-five to twenty-seven. They put up the highest point total of that of their season in that win. Now their best FBS win was versus Western. Their best win was versus FBS Western Kentucky. 31-28. Their worst loss, however, was to William and Mary, and that was 27-20. to 20. A couple other outcomes they had was beating Towson, 35-28. They beat Elon, 27-26. Those are two playoff teams. And they lost to Yale. They lost to the Bulldogs, 35 to 4. I think Weber will win this game. They're the two seed for a reason. And I think their defense and the elevation of Utah will be too much for Maine to overcome. And I think Maine, I think Utah or Weber will win versus Maine. Now, Weber, their best. They had they started slow last week, but they got it going, scoring 34 straight points on their way to a 48 26 win over Semo. Now. They have four sacks and four picks for that defense. Their best win this year was a fourteen to six win over Eastern Washington. Their worst loss, however, was to Northern Arizona, twenty-eight twenty-four. Now, some other key outcomes were that was that playoff win over Southeast Missouri State, and they had a thirty 24 win over Montana State. Now, I think Weber will win this game by a score of. 28-14. Now, I think they will win. Is that who I want to win? No. I'd love to see the Maine Black Bears win. I'd love to see them beat whoever wins that Eastern Washington, UC Davis win. Because I, for sure, would love to see the Bison play them in Frisco. Just because I, that offense, I think it could be a good game. Now, got to move it on. Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern time that's right We on ESPN Red Raiders of Colgate they travel to Fargo take on the Biden, Dakota State Colgate is ranked number they are 8th they are the 8th seed they beat James Madison last week game winning field goal they kicked a 38 yard field goal as time expired to beat James Madison, 23-20. to Now, Colgate gave up 17 points in their first game the Holy Cross, but hadn't allowed another touchdown in the next seven games, making it five shutouts in a six-game stretch. Now, on average, they've given up seven. That's seven points per game. And they dominated their entire schedule. In the conference, their only loss was to the FBS Army, 28 to 14. 28 points and 20 points. Their last two games of this their last two games were the most points they've given up all year. This quarterback is amazing, or this team is good. Their defense is good. Now. Their quarterback had missed their last two regular season games, and they still somehow won one of the last two. Their only, the only one they lost was to Army. Last week, he came through and beat JMU. Eisen of North Dakota State. They are the one seed. They beat Montana State last week 52-10. to They are a very veteran team of 24 seniors. It's given up almost close to Colgate. Their defense has been very impressive, averaging, giving up 12 points per game. It's pretty good. Now, their offense is even better when they score 42 points per game. So Their average score this year is 42 to 12. They're just blowing away the competition. He's got to step up this week. He's got to play well. Lance Dunn, running back for the Bison. He's got to play well. I think the Bison will win this 48-14. to I think the Bison will win 48-14. Now, I keep it moving. We've got the Jackrabbits, the 5, or the 4C, I believe they are. The Jackrabbits, the South Dakota. They put 3 at 4. Oh, Eastern time against going to Kennesaw Georgia to play the Owls. Uh, SDSU they dominated last week in that score in that 55 or 51 to 6 win over Quesney in a blizzard. They are the five seed they are traveling to play the four seed. They have dominated that second quarter in their games during its last five-game win streak. In the second quarter of those last five games, thanks to my good friend Chuck Burton. he He had put it in his article earlier that I read. He said, SDSU has outscored their opponents in the second quarter in their last five games, 96-21. to And that began with a 21 nothing advantage at SDSU in the second quarter. And that followed by 31-7 to in the second quarter against Missouri State. They scored 20 points against, at Southern Illinois, and they scored 17 versus Duquesne. They hold... All year, 155 to 49 in the second quarter. Now, key factor in this game will be the rain. Can they play in that rain? They played in the snow. Can they play in the rain? That's the big question. Now, their biggest matchup this year was probably that loss in week. Four, I believe it was. No, week five. It's week five. They went into Fargo. They lost twenty-one to seventeen, a four-point loss to NDSU. That was their biggest game of the year. And that's not counting the one that they started out, but not didn't finish, and that was against Iowa State. Karen Christian, Mikey Daniels, Pierre Strong Jr. They got to show up on offense this week to beat the Owls. Now, Kennesaw State, they won last week. They had that, what was it? They had a, a smaller win-ish over Wofford. They won 13-10 to 10 over Wofford. Triple option. They were tied 10-10 to 10 with two minutes and 10 seconds remaining. Kennesaw State forced a fumble. They recovered and four plays later they scored to make it thirteen ten with a minute fifty two to go. Now their quarterback Taylor Burks, along with the Houston State of the Bison, and can't remember his name, but um, the guy from Samford, he they are all three finalists for the Walter Payton Award. Devlin Hodges, that's who it is. Two of those finals are playing this week. Chandler Burks is what I think is who I think can carry this team to a win, along with their linebacker, Anthony Gore Jr. Help them win. I think SDSU wins this or no? Yeah, I think SDSU will win this one by a score of twenty-one to seventeen. Now, I also think Kennesaw State could win by the exact same score with the exact same score. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But, I think it's going to be a great game, no matter what. Weather will be bad, but I think it's going to be a great game. Now, we got, what, one more game remaining? It's a big one, folks. New Davis, the Aggies, they will travel to play Eastern Washington. Let's see. Can Eastern Washington pull out another one? Last time, these two faced. They... They played it back in, let's see if I can find them again, they played back in, it was back in November the 10th, East Washington won 59-20, to 20. and they do it again, I think so, do you? Well, let's hope so, We you want to see them win this again, I'd love to see East Washington, if they can do it again. All this block, Kansas State or UC Davis. That'd be a great. See two big matchups. You see another big matchup this week. Stats on Eastern Washington. Their pa- their yards per game first in the nation. Passing yards tenth, eighth for rushing, fourth in points per game, second yards per game, six touchdowns. This is an offensive team. UC Davis, on the other hand. Five touchdowns, 15 in yards, third passing yards, seventh in points per game, eighth in yards, ninth in touchdowns. The only bad category offensively is the rushing game. That's because their rushing their running back only has eight hundred and forty four yards this year, and he he averages five point three yards per rush. Their quarterback, he's amazing. Over 3,600 yards, 32 touchdowns this year. Keelan Doss, another great guy, 1,100 yards, only nine touchdowns. Still not bad. They still haven't thrown, or they don't have any interception leaders. They don't have that great of a defense. That's what I think is going to kill them. I got Eastern Washington. Going to win it big, too. I think probably going to be, let's see. You see this? Yeah, they've thrown 18 picks this year. No, eight picks this year. He's he's thrown 18 in his career. I think Eastern Washington wins this one. See, I'd say it's probably gonna be around a 48 to yeah, 48 to 28. I think they win it by 20. If that. It might be us. It could be 48-14. Oh, I know. I think Eastern Washington wins this big. So I got, for your final four teams, I'll have NDSU, Weber. NDSU will host South Dakota State. Hoping it's Kennesaw State, but I think they'll host South Dakota State. Weber, they'll host, once again, Eastern Washington. Those will be your four teams. It will be a Missouri Valley, versus big sky matchup, no matter what if those four teams are in the final they're in the final four. What does that show about both conferences? It shows a lot. It shows that both conferences are really good. So I'm gonna wrap this up. I got an hour showing, that's not bad for doing it myself. Hopefully I got some help next week. We had a great guest. Our game of the week, we had South Dakota State, Kansas State. They're traveling there. The rain is going to be a factor in that one. So just enjoy some football. Tailgate, eat a lot. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, and have a great night.